Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. Now, many of you may not know, you've got Hardy and Hardy, rather than Laurel and Hardy, you've got Hardy and Hardy this morning. And Ian is my uncle, and I probably look more like him than I did my dad, actually, <laughs> which is a bit weird. But anyway, we're not going to that one too far. Um, but actually, we, our family, and Jenny reminds us of this this morning, we've got a deep heritage in our Christian heritage, preachers and so on. And Ian knows more of the history than I do, because um, he's older than me. Uh, he knows more of it, sorry. <laughs> but actually, you know... I never thought there'd be a day when I'd be working with my uncles, doing ministry with my uncle. And when we planted Chesterfield, they joined us in Chesterfield and we were there and uh, joined me here. And I just, I just feel it was such a privilege. I've got an inheritance, an inheritance of men of God who were servants of God who preached the word of God. So let's just bless Ian, shall we? Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm part of this heritage. I pray for Ian now, Lord. I pray for that heritage to burst forth out of Ian as he speaks to us today. I pray your anointing fall on him. I pray, God, we will be captivated by your word through Ian today. Lord, our hearts will be stirred for what you're doing in these days. Lord, we can respond to you. So just come and anoint him right now, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, as we... Lord, may there be... Old wells dug open, Lord, for the power and the presence of God to flow as Ian speaks this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It was interesting to find out from my father that his dad was a preacher uh, a lot of years ago, but his dad died when my father was quite young. But so that's the start of the heritage, as far as I know. But uh, my my son preaches, and my granddaughter is she fourteen? She preaches. She wants to be a pastor, and she's very good at it. She's probably better than a lot of us. But she's got some real fire about her, which is good. Um, you're not going to hear all of it. Uh, I'm just going to do half of it, I think. So. I'm reminded that years ago when I started preaching, we've got Gerald Chamberlain, if you could remember him, who we used to be the pastor in Assemblies of God. And if he were preaching, he would tell you there was a trap door behind the pulpit, and if you went too far, you'd go down it. <laughs> and, and he'd got this habit of when you were getting to the end, he pulled the thing back. <laughs> so you were very careful. Then I, rea- then I realized it wasn't a trapdoor at all. <laughs> There's a verse in John 17, 20 and 21 that uh, says this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. It's a bit of a tongue twister, them two verses. But what's happening here? Who's Jesus praying for? Who is he praying for? Well, I want to say he's praying for you, and he's praying for me. And he's praying this morning for us. 
and really especially he needs to pray for me. Isn't it great that before the throne, Jesus is making intercession for us? It thrills me and excites me. He knows us. He knows us by name. And the great thing that people say, that verse we always say, um, Jesus loves you. But somebody added a bit to it the other day. It might have been here. And says, Jesus actually loves you. But the other thing is, he actually likes you. You know, and then so many believers... Don't come into that last bit where he says that he actually likes us. And he does like us. And what a, what a wonderful thing that is this morning we can start off with. I've been thinking of, uh, over the last few months, we're not seeing very well. Uh, I haven't read a lot, but I've heard a lot of messages. I thank you for everybody that's been praying for me. The answer's on the way somewhere, and it will happen, so thank you for that. But the things I've been thinking about are, I'm, I'm missing bits off, so bear with me. Talk, thinking about revival, which everybody's talking about it now, it's on, uh, on Christian programs, and also the second coming of Jesus. Now, if I was asked the question, which would you want to happen first? Well, I don't really know. But I do know that sometimes when things get hard, I kind of wish that Jesus had come then. You know, I've got a big operation coming soon, and I can't think, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus came the day before and I didn't have to have it? Because it don't work out like that, does it? It'd be, it'd be absolutely wonderful. And of course, it's not our choice. And I'm aware that there are revivals happening at the moment. And of course, it's Christian stuff in America. The university chapels. It's interesting, the first three was a Methodist university. The other one was a Baptist university. And the third one was a Pentecostal one. So God's got a good, he's gone right across the gamut, hasn't he, in the churches. Revival happening in certain parts of the world. And, uh, and when we're talking about things against God, some people got really disillusioned that there's not revival in Britain. But we'll get on to that perhaps. When I, first, when I first became a Christian, the second coming was preached up very often, very, very often. We used to sing hymns. We had that book called the Redemption Tidings. Some of you older ones, on uh, Redemption Hymnal. Some of you older ones will remember it. And there's a whole block of second coming hymns. In fact, we once, Jenny and myself, went to Wales one time. We stopped at a, a family there. And every night, this man went out and said, is it going to be tonight, Lord? Is it going to be today, Lord? He was so excited, he thought that it was going to come. Of course, it, it hasn't come. And um, I was listening to a sermon by um, one of my heroes, Mike Pivalachi. Pivalachi, yeah. And he said we must, on revival, he said we must be careful not to major on it. Because we need to major on Jesus, don't we? And a lot of people have got disillusioned, and some people have even gone away. 
because that has been spoke about so many times and people got frustrated that it hasn't happened. Now, knowing it's, it's a bit of a zany bloke, isn't it, really? I mean, I love him, I must be honest. I got a, we got an email from him the other day because uh, I follow him. And it was, a, I apologise for all the people in North Watford because there are post vans coming all around my house full, and my house is full of letters, of letters because I'm a fashion icon. And I mean, who'll, who'll put that on? But I've been watching him for quite a long while because part of my family are in that church. I've only seen him in two sets of clothes. <laughs> one's a black T-shirt and one's a baggy red uh, sh shirt, and that's it. But Jenny and myself were very privileged because we once saw him dressed up, yeah. where a lot of people haven't because... We were at a wedding in, in Chesterfield and he got a suit on. He got a white shirt and a tie on. And, uh, well, he even had his hair done as well. <laughs> but he came, he asked that question, a uh, question, sorry. I just had to phrase it. And he said, why do you think it took Jesus so long to come to the Jews? Of course, you know, when, it did, when he did come, they didn't take any notice of him. Why is it taking so long for Jesus to return for his church? And I, it got me thinking, it, it is that kind of preacher, it gets me thinking anyway. And um, he simply gave the answer that God is patient and long-suffering and waits for us. And that's what's happening to the church today. God is long-suffering and he is waiting. I want to tell you a story, a true story, about a lady I never met, but I met her husband. And she lived on, I think it was the Isle of Lewis in the Hebrides. Now, her parents were very religious, very religious. And uh, uh, she wasn't really happy about it in some ways. Uh, all they had to do really was at church or they had the odd dance. Well, church wouldn't be very lively in those days. And they all, they didn't have, on a Sunday, they didn't have any musical instruments. They just chanted the psalms. So then there's none of this on the screen or anything like that. And also the dancers. Let me tell you, they didn't have discos at all. That wasn't, we hadn't come to that age, uh, but they had, uh, as it were, country dancing. And she vowed that she would um, leave home as soon as she could. And she did. She was quite a clever girl. And so she, came to, she went to London and got a really good job. Really good job. And uh, she was having the time of her life away from her parents and the little isle up in the top of Scotland. After a few years, she decided to go back and see her mum and dad because nothing seemed to be happening up in Scotland or anything like that. So she went back home. While she was there, well, I'll top this story around. 
They'd been praying in, on the Isle of Lewis for revival in the Hebrides for over 30 years, and their parents had. And there's nothing particularly happening. They, they called for Faith Mission, a church in Scotland, to send their evangelist. And, um, well, he got caught up in, in Scotland, and uh, he, he didn't come. So she thought, well, that's all right, Duncan... Um, Campbell was a preacher, and uh, everything came to a bit of a stop. But when Mary arrived in the Hebrides a few weeks after, everything that Duncan Campbell was doing in Scotland came to a stop, and he came to the Hebrides. And I've told you some stories about it. My favorite story about when all the people are queuing up outside the police station complaining about this man going and preaching. And, uh, well, they went to the police station and they com wanted to complain about this man who spoiled everybody's fun, kept preaching. And uh, the story is, of course, and he went past the, the police station, saw a cartload of people outside, got and preached the gospel, and half of them got saved. And I thought, that's fantastic. But in that time, Mary got saved, gloriously saved. She was very clever. Within a few weeks, she was on the mission field, and apparently she was a brilliant missionary, and it was widely used by God. And after she, well, aged, she, aged, she came back to Scotland, she married a holiness uh, pastor, and, uh, well, preached. I never heard her. A, a lot of people told me how brilliant she was. But... There's a wonderful thing about this. There's prayers were answered, revival came. But did God wait for Mary to be saved? She was so widely used. And, you know, we have a bit of a problem sometimes waiting on God, don't we? I've, uh, well, I've suffered that. When are you going to do this, Lord? When's this going to happen? But, you know, God's got a time, time and it is fantastic in, in every ways. Uh, Dave spoke, or gave, brought us that scripture about for everything there is a time. And there is with God, there is a time. I was hearing a, a friend preaching about, um, he'd got a friend that was miles and miles away and he went for three years, week after week, praying for this man. Then suddenly... It happened. The bloke got saved. The bloke got healed. He, he wasn't actually a Christian. He got healed. And got healed marvelously in uh, wonderful ways. And it, in the end, he did become a Christian. And I think is the word, um, a man's infertile. He couldn't have children. He couldn't give children. God only gave his wife triplets. <laughs> Now, God's got a wonderful way of working things out. And I believe that things will happen in Britain. I'm, I'm coming right to the end of everything I want to say because I just feel it's... Uh, I was going to tell you about um, the, the different churches of the Nassini Creed. But... What, what I want to end up is people are getting frustrated here today that God is, there's no revival. But you know, God is working in Britain uh, in, in a lot of ways. As I say, I like watching Soul Survivor. I, I like watching um, 
whole interference of Brompton, seeing the things that are happening. Uh, I did see Mike Pavacci in, in a bit of a state the other week. They'd had, a, they'd had a week of talking about the miraculous and everything that happened. And on the Sunday, he said for people to come out, which happens in church, people who want to be baptized in the Spirit or gifts of the, or in the gifts of the Spirit, he got a sudden panic because down all the aisles were people coming and the next minute he's screaming for people to come and pray for them. see, God is working, but he's perhaps working in different ways. Like this morning, you know, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I thought something was going to happen. But we, we all started praising God and singing. The, the presence of God was so real. And, uh, well, I, I didn't know whether to come out to Phil and say, well, I'm just an angel up at the top of here. Now, I haven't seen that for quite a lot of years. But, you know, God's presence was absolutely fantastic. And, and I pray that, you know, what's ever happened in this morning, I pray that you give God the glory because I believe God wants to do something. But what, what I want to finish off in, in saying, in, you know, I believe God's wa- waiting for us to move. As we seek him, I believe great things will happen. Things will happen in Britain, and as I say, they already are. But my question is, for me and for you, God's waiting. God's waiting for us to seek him and see what will happen. I believe when we seek him, God will do wonderful things amongst us. Uh, I'm finishing there because time's gone. But thank you for worshipping this morning. I felt the presence of God very, very real. But I pray that we'll move on, move on. Glorious, isn't it? Always give God the glory. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about him. And that's what church is all about. It's all about Jesus. You know, people have tried to come in and kind of taken it over. But it's all about Jesus. So let's be people who start seeking God. You know, I think God's got a bit of a sense of humor, really, because my eyesight's not being very good. But I've seen, he's given me more pictures than I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And that's God, isn't it? And we, if times are a bit difficult now, just bear with me. Just bear with him. I know a lot of Christians are going through some really hard times at the moment. But, you know, God will answer and God's going to do something great. And let's be expectant as Christians. Oh, boy, there's, there's nothing like meeting up with somebody who's not full of the joy of the Lord, is there? You know, it doesn't do anybody any good. Let's give God the glory. Amen. I'll finish there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're such a wonderful God, that you hear our prayers and that, Lord, you answer our prayers. And Father, I pray for us as a church. Lord God, I pray. Lord God, that as we seek after you, Lord, I pray that we will see great results. Lord God, we are hungry for you, Lord. We are thirsty. We thank you, you've said, if anybody's hungry, come unto me. If anybody's thirsty, come and drink. 
We thank you that, Jesus, you're the bread of life. And Lord God, help us this coming week to keep meeting up with you, knowing your joy, seeking you, praising you, giving the old word, Lord. Oh God, I pray you'll bless your people this coming week. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Unless you're living under a rock, you probably heard, you know, there's things happening around the world. You know, the Punjab, there's a massive move of God. In the Himalayas, there's a massive move of God. We heard about the Asbury College University where God's moving. There's a move of God across Uganda. God's on the move around the world. And I don't believe he's forgotten the UK. I don't believe for one minute there's so much prophetic promise over the UK. And I just say, let's have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying and what God's doing.